This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. 80 is a big chunk of that for one one trip, and that's also a lot of footage to go through. So It's a lot of footage uh, to go through, but yeah, that, that's a lot of space for one. We're, we're talking one production right here. Exactly. One video that by the time you're done with it, we're talking minutes. You know yeah right so. and, and i think that's a big part of editing is like it takes a huge chunk of of you can go through a huge chunk of footage and get three minutes worth of of solid production and so um yeah. having having a quality equipment is is paramount yeah oh you got her dude she's down let's go Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Oh, obsession podcast. Hey folks, I'm Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession. I'm your podcast host for this week's podcast episode. Our Fall Obsession podcast is driven by our friends over at Ridge Rock Hunt Company. And we will talk at the end of our episode today about all the cool stuff Derek and Lacey are doing uh, over there here after bit. I am on here with our Fall Obsession production director, Nick Powell, once again. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Sam? Good, man. Always good to jump on here. It seems like we always loop back. It, this podcast always loops back around to you and me getting back on here and talking <laughs> about something. It's always always a good time. I always look forward to yeah. it. So. Going back to our roots, how we started. Yeah, started this long, long, long time ago, it feels like now. Actually sitting, yeah. in, a, sitting in a pickup truck, the quietest spot we could find <laughs> to record yeah. our podcast episodes. And uh, now what we were talking before we started recording just about uh, – about you know the the setup and everything behind us and all that stuff and certainly come a long way so it's cool to see for sure but, yeah um, but so what we're kind of getting into today speaking of coming a long way you know learning as you go expanding on things um, one of the things that we want to talk about today um, and I think we're going to title this episode the editing room is kind of what we're going to call it um, like it a couple po- weeks ago podcast episode one eighteen. Um, our marketing director and vice president, Drew Tordick, who we tried to get on here um, with us this evening, um, but he wasn't available to record with us. Um, he sat down with one of our staff members, Michael Teepee, um, from the Midwest, and they talked about some budget-friendly uh, gear that you can get into if you are a self-filmer or just looking to better document outdoor experiences in general. Um, and kind of with that $500 price point and under even trying to, you know, get some, get some good quality stuff within that range. Um, great episode. If you haven't listened to 118, go back and listen to it, especially if you were into that kind of stuff. I will tell you, it is very information 
and product heavy. So it's not like they're going to, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to make it sound boring, but it's, it's really there for the people who are truly interested in that kind of stuff. So, um, and this one probably to some extent will be as well, because we're going to piggyback off of their conversation and we are going to get into some, some greater details as far as the, the next stage in that process. Drew talked a lot about the equipment for filming, the filming itself, the self-filming aspect of everything, uh, which we do a lot of here at Fall Obsession. And now Nick and I are going to dive into the editing room and where you take all that from there, what kind of uh, software you can look at, what kind of equipment you can look at, um, and then actual techniques when it comes to editing and putting stuff together, um, what you need to look for in yours or somebody else's footage, um, and how in more detail, how to piece that together. So I know we've, we've touched on this kind of stuff on the podcast before, and we've always said that, you know, it's difficult to record a podcast on video editing, but we're going to do our, our best to do that, uh, here today for y'all. So, yeah. And I will also just kind of give you guys some background on us, you know, Fall Obsession's a, a hunting and outdoor media production company. We do all sorts of different stuff, um, video series being a, a big one. We got tons of different video series online right now that we're actively running. Um, some are staff-based and then others um, we put together here within our own administration. Um, and when we say that, we're talking about like our Texas Dirt series, the off-season series, our My Obsession series. Um, those kind of things are the, are the things that we, as kind of the head of our media team, uh, the heads of our media team, this is kind of what we work on putting together and what we put out the finished product for, um, as well as our podcast, but podcasts are a little different cause it's, it's audio and of course the podcast videos, but y'all are just watching us talk. So, um, <laughs> and finally on that background as well. Nick and I are self-taught. Actually, Drew, Drew is the one who has the the actual education and background in cinematography and video or videography and photography. Um, and obviously, <laughs> based off of one eighteen, he's very knowledgeable on equipment and stuff. Yeah. And, and um, I, I don't doubt his editing capabilities one bit he's he's very good in the editing room as well. But even like with this episode, when he wasn't able to make it, it was like, hey. Y'all two do, talking to me and Nick, y'all two do most of the editing uh, at Fall Obsession, so y'all y'all run with this episode, so that's that's what we're trying to do here. But um, that being said, Nick and I are served by trial and error, which is the hardest way to learn sometimes, and uh, as a result, if you dig far enough back in the archives at Fall Obsession, you can probably find some cheesy or poorly done productions, if I'm being honest with you. Um, <laughs> True story. But yeah, I like to think that we're, uh, we're getting a little bit better at, uh, at what we do over here and, uh, and putting out a better product, and I think the series that we're running right now um, speak to that, so... Um, but I wanted to touch real quick because, again, you know, if you are a self-filmer and, and we'll kind of lay the groundwork from here, let's say you have the equipment, you've listened to 118, you went out and, and took some of that advice and bought some of the stuff that Drew was talking about and that Drew was, uh, Drew and Michael, you know, mentioned in that episode and you've filmed your hunt, you filmed your video, whatever it might be, and now you need to know what to do with it. Now we're trying to figure all that out. What kind of equipment do you need? Well, a computer is nice. <laughs> we'll start there. Sure. We'll start with the we'll start with the computer now. Um, you don't need you don't have to go out and and especially if you're just doing like in home editing and you're not doing it for a company um, uh, like like Fall Obsession or something like that. You don't need anything fancy. Um, oftentimes, as long as it's not just bogged down or super old, you can probably get away at least for a little while with just your home computer or home laptop, whatever you might have, be able to make something work on that. Um, if you are a little bit more passionate about it and really wanting to get into the editing side of it, um, definitely Nick and I are Apple guys. We, we dive into the Apple products. We both run iPhones. Um, do some videoing on our iPhones as well, actually, but we're not here to talk about that. And then likewise, we both run MacBook Pros um, for our the computers that we that we edit on. 
So that's uh, that's kind of the first the first step. And again, we're we are doing this for a company, a media production company. So we've invested ourselves in that high quality equipment um, to be able to put together the best production and also just make the best use of our time by having a device that is capable of you know doing what we need to do because some of these videos man i mean nick you know the files are big you know it takes up a lot of a lot of disk space takes off a lot of memory and and again i'm not a tech guy when it comes to computers so i'm i'm probably just spitting balling words that i've heard before <laughs> but um <laughs> the uh all as i say we we've invested in that to make the best use of our time because you know lower quality uh or uh yeah lower quality computers sometimes they can be a little bit slower when running these programs so yeah and i, I think drew actually mentioned that in episode 118 he was like because one of his big uh suggestions was if you are trying to film a hunt or uh, a trip or something like that he said film everything mm -hmm. and if you film everything even on your iphone that takes pretty high quality video that is going to take up a lot of your storage space. So, yeah. um, you need a, a lot of, a lot of places to, you know, a lot of room to store all this stuff, yeah. uh, all this footage. And I think, um, with a, a trip that they just recently went on with that Midwest crew, a bow fishing trip, they had nearly 80 gigabytes worth of, uh, footage. And so, um, trying to find a place for all that and i think you know these macs run you know i think at a max of like five five some 500 something gigabytes so 80 is a big chunk of that for one one trip and that's also a lot of footage to go through so it's a lot of footage uh, to go through but yeah that that's a lot of space for one we're, we're talking one production right here exactly. one video that by the time you're done with it we're talking minutes you know yeah right so. and, and i think that's a big part of editing is like it takes a huge chunk of, of, you can go through a huge chunk of footage and get three minutes worth of, of solid production. And so um, yeah. having having a quality equipment is, is paramount. Yeah. And on the note of storage too, if you are looking to try and cheat your way into some extra storage or work your way through a production, how, however it needs to be, if you don't have the space for whatever you're trying to work with, I think like you mentioned, Nick, Drew, Drew touched on this a little bit in 118, um, but Google Drive, um, just your free Google account. If you have a G, if you have a Gmail email address, you have a Google account. You have a YouTube account. You have you have all that stuff. Um, and on Google Drive, you automatically with every account have 15 gigs of storage right there. So there's 15 gigabytes that you can you can just dump footage in there just to get it off your memory card or off your camera, off your phone, whatever it might be, if you have to. And then Dropbox also, Dropbox is smaller. Dropbox, the free one, is only like two gigabytes or something like that. But I mean, some people use that for, for their companies or their businesses or something like that and have access to more storage in that. So another option there if, if you're looking at something like that. That. yeah for sure but uh moving on and talking about a little bit about some of the software we use again i'm kind of i'm laying the foundation and setting the stage for actually getting into techniques and stuff on these productions but um here at fall obsession we run premiere uh, we we basically the our company has the full adobe suite so uh premiere pro we use to edit all of our videos. We use Adobe Audition to edit our podcasts. Photoshop is big, um, at, at least on my end with the social media side of everything and, you know, uh, Lightroom and all that other kind of stuff. We, we have access to all that. Adobe really offers a, uh, just a, a huge variety. And, and what we have done is we've, you know, we pay for like they normally do. They have a, you know, an, an all apps subscription, I think it is where, you know, you, you get a discount if you pay for everything. And I'll, I'll, I'll offer y'all a little, a little tip and trick because I'm a blue collar guy and I'm all about saving a buck. You know, that, that's how I roll. Um, Nick knows. And, uh, for sure. Me we, too. yeah, exactly. We, uh, the all app suite is like 50 or 60 bucks and it's billed monthly. Um, if you pay full price and I'm not, again, 
not trying to cheat a system, but the deals are out there. If you if you're patient and you wait, um, typically every couple of months Adobe runs some sort of all apps deal where it's 40 or 50 percent off, and you can literally cut that in half. So normally what we do is we wait and uh, take advantage of that deal every year to to save our company a little bit of money with the with the Adobe suite and everything. So that's that's definitely the way to do it if you are looking at the Adobe products. We recommend those. There's plenty of other editing softwares out there. I know um, if you buy a, a MacBook or something like that, um, they come with their own kind of basic level of editing software already on them. So if you're just looking to do simple stuff, that that might even do the trick for you. And there's a few if you if you're even not to that point yet, and you're just editing stuff on your phone. There's I know there's plenty of apps and stuff you can download. I I, I don't have a list of apps on phones really today to, to give you guys for that kind of stuff. But, um, I know some of the other options that you guys can look at, um, for editing software for, <clears throat> excuse me, for your computer, uh, Filmora, uh, Avid Studio. Actually before Premiere, I used Avid Studio to, to edit productions. Now, granted, that was at this point probably six or seven years ago. So I'm sure that it has changed since the last time that I <laughs> used it. So I can't really attest to what it is now. But back then before Premiere, that's that's what I used in everything. Um, and then, then there's plenty of other I mean, you can, I'm, I'm literally, if you guys are watching the podcast video, you'll see I'm literally on my phone, like looking through Google at other editing softwares that are out there. So I'm not doing anything that you guys couldn't do yourselves. Um, there's also plenty of forums online, Facebook groups, stuff like that for, for self filmers, for guys, folks editing their own productions and everything. You guys can dive into those and ask for recommendations and stuff. You can email us at fall obsession. Um, and we can, you know, get you some info, even what our own staff is doing and, and that kind of stuff for those that are putting together their own productions. So not to dwell on software a whole lot, but when we talk about what we're doing today, just want to kind of give you guys the, the context that we're speaking from the Adobe suite side of everything. So, um, Nick, you got anything so far? Oh, you're hitting the nail on the head, man. Just rolling through it, man. So getting, we'll, we'll get into the meat of it. We'll get into what everybody wants to hear as far as what we look for in, in these productions, how we're trying to piece stuff together and what we're trying to, to work through here. Um, first off, I think that a lot comes from the trial and error aspect. Even if you go to classes and, and do stuff, I think Drew, if he were here, could attest to that too, that, the, you know, it still takes some time to get your own technique because everybody has their own little editing styles and their own little things that, um, that they do. Nick and I have, you know, we've worked together, um, you know, over the past few years on certain things and compared notes and, and tried to try to match up our two editing styles as much as we possibly can since we do most of the productions here at Fall Obsession just because we want that consistency. Whether Nick edits a video or I edit a video, we want it to look as close to the same in regards to that edit as absolutely possible. So we, we're always bouncing ideas and techniques. And if Nick just, I know Nick has discovered a lot of things in Adobe and has sent them over to me and been like, Hey, did you know that you could do this? And I'm like, no, I'm an idiot. I did not know I could do that. So it's, it's, you know, trying to make sure that our style and everything here at fall obsession, uh, stays the same and still, there's some intricacies like you can dive into a production that Nick did and then you could dive into a production that I did and you could probably if you knew that two different people edited them you could probably find some of those differences but yeah. unless you know we don't want you to know if that makes sense yeah. so that that's the goal that we're going for and another thing that we try to do through that is just try to kind of assign series if you will like Nick for example is the one and only editor this year of our off season series. I don't even touch off season and that, that way throughout the entire series, um, 
it stays the same. And and the same goes for Nick with our My Obsession series as well. I mean, Nick Nick is our production director, so he does most of the editing. But <laughs> um, but the My Obsession as well. Like I, I think I edited the first episode, and then mm-hmm. from there you have you know you did episode two, and you're working on three right now. So it's yep. just you know you you have you've taken that over and everything, and and we're keeping that consistency going and stuff. So all. I know I'm going down rabbit trail after rabbit trail here, like I always do on our podcast, but, um, all it is to say, like, you're going to find your style. You're going to find the things that work for you. And the other thing that you can do is you can watch other people's shows. You can, you know, whether it's on YouTube or carbon TV or another network or something like that, you can jump on to, you know, some of these other hunting shows. And while you're enjoying a hunting show, you can also try to see how they edit it. What, where they use their music to cut, where they use their B-roll footage, you know, um, where they use their, you know, their audio overlay and, and voice overlay and that kind of stuff. You can look at all that stuff and pay more attention and it kind of helps you refine your own style because even Nick and I's styles are, are evolving because I'll, I'll watch a, you know, I might think that, you know, hey, this is good. And then I watch a series of, you know, on something else, somebody else that somebody else did. I'm like, huh, they, I've never seen, like, that edit is unique. I like that. I, I want to try mm-hmm. that. And then I come up with my own variation of that, you know, and it, it's it's an evolving process. So just kind of trying to create your own identity, if you will, in, in yeah. the editing room. So. And you say variation, and I think that's the fun thing about it is there can be so much variation to colors, to the fonts, to the styles of, of cuts and different types of music and because maybe there are certain types of music that I think are, are good that you might not like so much and same vice versa. And it just gives us more of a variety, a variation of um, styles of editing that will reach more people. And um, I think more people will, will find it appealing. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing just that that you and I try, or at least that I try to do from my seat, I'll, I'll say is, like when I give you, when I give you a production or you know assign you a task, like we'll take season or episode two of or not off season, uh, my obsession for example, uh, with Jesse Johnson, mm-hmm. um, that was your first my obsession episode to edit, and we kind of we were trying to I was trying to describe long story short I was trying to kind of describe to you what I was trying to do, and so I ended up just editing Mark Zorich's episode one to kind of. Sh- you know, set the stage yeah. for, Hey, this is how we want this series to outline because it's easier for me to show you kind of right. what we're trying to do instead of trying to explain it. Because the last thing I want to do at the same time is micromanage. So <laughs> at that point you have a template that you can look right. at and be like, okay, this is what we're going for. But then the cool thing about the, my obsession series is it's while it is the same editing style, all the edits and the music and everything don't have to be the same because in that series, if you guys haven't watched it yet, we're featuring different people and these Mm -hmm. people, their, their personalities come out during the series and you really get to see just the, the kind of person that they are and the kind of hunter that they are. And the edit has to shift to best give an accurate interpretation of that, if you will. So, so while we have this, template if you will with like episode one of that series when you look over at episode two the editing style is similar but it's also different but in it being different it's different to fit jesse instead of mark you know which which was really cool and where i was originally going with that point was the the other thing is you know when when nick takes like episode two i don't want to see the video halfway done. Like I want Nick to finish the entire edit before he says, Hey, take a look at this and see what you think. Because at that point I'm going to start looking at it through my lens instead of potentially seeing the entire picture that Nick is trying to capture in his own mind as an editor, yeah. if that makes sense. Now, when that does come to me and I think with episode two, there were a couple minor details that, you know, and suggestions that, that I made and, you know, we, we bounced ideas off of each other and everything like, like we do a lot of productions, honestly, whether you or I do it, but, um, 
you know, you gave me the finished product and it was like, Hey, we just, we need some text here and, and just a little shift and you know, this, this clip over here, you know, like that, that was, that was it because I was then able to see what Nick was trying to do. Whereas, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm, I'm kind of speculating here, but whereas if I had seen it halfway through, like I said, I would have looked, looked at it through my own mind and how I think it would be and not as the finished product in front of me, if that makes sense. I'm kind of, I yeah. feel like I'm going around that a little bit, but. No, yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all about perception and that's the whole thing, right? Is we're trying to tell a story about, yeah. and especially in the My Obsession series is we're trying to tell a story about this person. We're trying to tell this person's story, you know, and, and what, you know, they're in the interview telling their own story, but we're putting artwork around that story and right. making it appealing for the, for the, um, for the person watching, right. we're making it appealing for that person. And so, uh, I think that's, that's, what's cool about it is, yeah, we have a format that we're following, right? We have a, a format and we want it to flow this way, but with, there, like we were saying, there's so much variation and there's different ways to tell that story and you might tell it a different way than I would. So, uh, I think that's what, that's really the cool thing about being in the editing room is being able to tell those stories about those folks. Yeah. And, and again, that, that's where, I don't know. It's like, it, it's just, it's an ebb and flow with, you know, with the two of us and our dynamic here as, as the, the editors, if you will, on, on, or the main editors on fall obsession. It's just cause you know, like I said, we try to line everything up and have the same style for the most part. But again, you have your, you have, like, if you gave both of us the exact same stuff, you know, for the same production, like here, make a video out of this. And we both made a video out of the same stuff. Some of it would be similar and some of it would be different. You know, it's, yeah. you, you're going to have two variations of it, but at the end of the day, what we're going for is I want to be able to look at Nick's and be able and give him a different and outside perspective, you know, cause there, there's other things that we catch. Like, you know, Nick might've been sitting in front of a computer for hours editing and not caught that at this one little transition, he forgot to fade in the audio or, or, yeah. or me doing the same thing, you know, and somebody else, you know, Hey, Hey Sam, or Hey Nick, take a look at this real quick before I publish it watch it through. Hey man, you, you need to put a transition right there real quick. And Oh right. yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot that, you know, having yeah. that, that check. It yeah, it does happen. But my point is, you know, you give those two, that same production, two different guys, it's going to look different depending on the editor. But the goal that we're trying to do is if I, if I watch Nick's, I'll be like, I mean, yeah, mine might look or sound different, but man, Nick's could definitely go on our page and likewise, vice versa, you know, we're, yeah, we're, for sure. you know, that, that, that's what we're going for. So I kind of, I kind of went on a, a long, long <laughs> trail off into the woods on that one. But I think, I think that's kind of like, it's kind of, it's important for folks to know that because, yeah. you know, it's not all just on one person and we, we here at fall session, I think we're, we really work as a team and as a family. And so like, uh, I think it's important that they know that, that it's not just one person doing all of this stuff. It's multiple people uh, influencing one production. And yeah. so I think it's relevant for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, so, so diving in a little bit more to, to the stuff that more stuff that our viewers or listeners can take away from this. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, like I said, we kind of have those three series that we'll use for examples, specific examples in, in this, uh, in this podcast. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my obsession because, uh, that's, that's a big one that you and I have both worked on, um, in different capacities and very, very proud of it. Just, just being honest, like proud of the yeah. work that we've both been able to do on that series and, and looking forward to having more guests and seeing where that goes. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of, I'll toss it over to you real quick to, to let you talk about it. But when, when, when we send you like, take, take episode three that we're working on right now, or that you're working on mm-hmm. right now, when I tell you, Hey man, the footage is, is online. You can access it, you know, dive in and do your thing. What are you looking for as you start to piece that together? So the things that I'm looking for is, 
like I said before, I want to tell that story. And so uh, the first thing I like to do before I even open Premiere Pro is I like to go through each piece of footage and see what I'm working with. And then even if I, I can usually go a step further and I'll label each piece of footage and see like that way it's already in order uh, in on my MacBook. So that way, whenever I go into Premiere Pro, uh, I can, it's already like right there in order and I already have a, a format or a template in my mind um, from that footage. And so I can, once I get into Premiere Pro, all I had to do is basically just sit there and plug it in put in a couple of transitions, find some good music, and then uh, I'm off to the races at that point. So uh, I would say step one would be to go through that footage and see, because, you know, we record everything and, um, to to try and capture everything, um, but not, you know, every every recording doesn't, doesn't, you know, meet the standards that we're looking for. And so right. um, some stuff gets trashed, some stuff, we keep. Um, and so that's, that's generally what I do first is it's just go through that footage and weed out what we need to weed out. Yeah. I, I think the record everything that that's huge. If you're, if mm -hmm. you're trying to put together a production, whether, whether you're filming like a, a whole weekend experience, like the bow fishing trip or you know, that our staff went on that you're going through footage for right now. Um, or, um, our episode one of my obsession with Mark Zorich, you know, filming everything to to not miss an opportunity to not miss something and and even then there's still those moments in camp like uh, I, and I'll, I'll speak from the mark experience because I, I was the cameraman in camp for that one is there were still moments where i was like i was i was doubling as cameraman and trying to be a a co-hunt host if you will on, on that <laughs> right. thing um and so there were times where i'd be like unloading the truck and i'd see something i'd be like oh, i need a camera rolling right now and you know so so from that aspect if you can if you are dedicated and you are the cameraman or or you know you you are the the producer if you will mm -hmm. um film everything because that's the biggest thing now that's where, like we talked about at the beginning, a lot of space on your computer can get taken up. Or if you're a self-filmer, uh, one thing that might uh, be a benefit to you is if you turn that camera, like last 30 minutes or so of daylight, you turn that camera on and you let it roll. If nothing happens, then you get back to camp, you can delete the delete the clip you know but yep. you you let that camera roll because we all know how those last 30 minutes of of a hunt last 30 minutes of daylight how that can go oh yeah and the same goes for time yeah same goes for the first 30 minutes of of a hunt or something like that so typically i i tried and i'm gonna try to be even more diligent with it this year but i try like that first 30 minutes and those last 30 minutes i always i just i automatically have it rolling that's that's mm -hmm. what i'm what i'm trying to do um, so filming everything and in filming everything, you also need to be thinking about B-roll footage. Um, and yeah. when we talk about B-roll, I know we mentioned on the podcast in previous episodes, but when we're talking about B-roll, we're talking about those clips that are, that break everything up. Because like, like you talked about, Nick, we're telling a story, you know, you can be sitting right here in front of a camera telling your story about this hunt, but no, but viewer engagement just the way people's minds work we we want context we want to be able to have visual uh visual comparisons to that what you're discussing so 100%. i i being the kind of guy i am i'm not going to sit there and watch you just sit here in front of me for 15 minutes telling your hunting story with nothing else being shown that's why i can't watch podcast videos <laughs> yes <laughs> but, yes but uh even though i'm on a podcast video right now but yeah. the uh you know I, i'm not gonna watch i'm not gonna watch that just because my my own personal attention span I, I i can't piece all that together there there has to be context so that's where your b-roll can can break it up and help tell that story yeah you, you can sit here interview style talk about your hunt you can have footage from your hunt from the shot you know you draw on your bow back or whatever it is but then the rest of the b-roll you know capturing those deer 
moving through the woods, capturing some, even if it's just some trees, some shots of your gear, whatever it might be, and breaking that stuff up like that in your edit, using your music with that to kind of help with those transitions. And, and we can talk about kind of music transitions next, but um, using that stuff, that, that helps a story flow a lot faster and a lot smoother. That being said, I think that there's also a line between, uh, even with the B-roll footage, it needs to be used appropriately. It needs to coincide with the music, but then it also needs to move quickly because mm-hmm. B-roll clips that last too long, just, it I, I don't know, it just, it, it has that same effect as you just kind of feel like you're sitting, if that yeah, makes it'll, sense. Yeah, you'll lose viewer interest really quickly. Yeah. And I think... Um, you want the viewer to feel like they're there with you. And so I think having that B-roll footage, you're painting the picture for that viewer Mm -hmm, and you're telling that viewer like, well, okay, so this is how he's sitting. This is how he is in the tree. This is what he's looking at. This is, you know, this is where his camera's at. This is his setup. This is the weapon he's using. You know, this is where the deer are walking. This is where, you know, and you're painting this whole picture all the way around uh, what you're doing. And I think that is what's going to keep your viewers interest. And that's yeah. what that's what's important. And that's why B-roll is crucial. Yeah, a lot of B-roll, man. And and I, I feel like the the length of a B-roll clip, it depends on on two things. It depends on the music that is being played with it and just the the beat, the tone, the flow of that music clip. Um, and, and, and this will lead me into our next point, but, and then it also just depends on what's being shown. Cause if it's just a shot of trees or something like that, man, that clip doesn't need to be long. Like I'm talking potentially just a second, like literally mm-hmm. a second, you know, we're, it, we're talking nothing here. Um, however, but if it like, um, Texas dirt, that series episode two of season two that we the at the time of this podcast the last episode we released um when we go into the morning of todd's hunt where he killed his pig on that one that whole that morning starts with b-roll it starts with panning as it comes to first light you see a clip of the trees you see todd and the clip of the trees and i don't remember if todd or the clip of the trees came first in in my mind right now but either way clip of the trees is very short and the clip of Todd is slightly longer because Todd is doing something. And when I say doing something, Todd is looking this way, looking this way, looking this way, two head motions. That's all it was. But those head motions coupled with the music and the story we were trying to tell, they, it it flowed. It made it worth watching, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It told yeah. a part, just a very insignificant, like such a tiny part of that story, but it told a part of that story. It kept that your interest. Sense. It, yeah. it kept your interest. That's exactly right. So B-roll footage, man, if used appropriately, it is magical. It is flat yeah. out magical. It can turn the boringest story in the world into a clip that everybody's going to want to watch. Yep. It'll make or break a video. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And on that note, since I've alluded to it a couple times now, we'll talk about audio and the using music um, with with your your film and that kind of stuff. First off and foremost, where uh, uh, tell the, our viewers where we get our music from. Uh, I get all of mine on the YouTube audio library because yep. it's free and uh, it's um, it's the word I'm thinking of. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have any kind of uh, copyright on it. Yes. To where yeah. to where you you would get dinged for for using it. It's royalty free. That, royalty that's, free. That, that's, that's what the I was looking that for. That's the term that we're using. Royalty yep. free. Um. So again, low low budget company over here that's trying <laughs> to do quality work, and we're blue collar guys. I mean that. I mean we don't shy away from from telling people what we are, but. Um, that the YouTube YouTube in their audio library for for producers it has an unbelievable amount of music in there that is very good and yeah. used to be we had two or three different resources for uh, for our audio library for music and that kind of stuff and 
not that we we have never gotten in trouble for using any of the music that we've used we've made sure to keep our nose clean in all that but um it became it was becoming very difficult to find a, a wider variety of music and it just flat out it turned over to us fully moving over to youtube and and using mm-hmm. what they have on there so that's uh so a great resource if you're if you're looking for something to ensure that you're in the clear when you're when you're recording um but just like b-roll the music helps tell your story and it can make a a boring clip a whole lot more interesting and it also (laughs) i think the one of the best ways to compare the music and talk about that is the music it you know not trying to make a pun here but it sets the tone you know it 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 gives you the mindset of the person in that video and 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 you can and in that you can kind of manipulate it as a producer as an editor you can manipulate it to tell the viewer what you're trying to tell the viewer if you will like you could put a very upbeat or intense music clip on a video and then turn around and put a much more softer tone slower pace clip and it will completely change the feel of of that that production from one thing to another. So your music tell tells a story and like Nick, like you talked about how you go through and you watch all your footage. I do the same thing. I go through and watch everything before I start my edit because I want to know what I'm working with. And it helps even more if I'm editing a production that I film myself. Because if I'm filming something that I'm going to edit, like I know I already I before even filming, I have it pictured in my mind. I know what I want this to look like, what this finished product needs to look like. So I, and I'm, I'm getting those shots so that when I start putting on the computer, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I need. That's going to go here. It's (laughs) all coming together. And then when I go to get my music, I can be like, yep, this is an accurate, this music accurately interprets the, the mindset for that moment if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. so that, that's, that's, what's really cool, uh, about the music is you can do so, so much with that. The, the biggest thing you don't want to do is burn someone out with the same music though. You need, you need yes. to break it up, especially if you have a longer production, break it up, give it some variety and, uh, and kind of go from there. And, and I'll, I'll dive back into our archives a little bit on, on some music because comparing, comparing a couple scenarios, Todd's, Todd's, um, I can't talk. Todd's hog hunt. There we go. That uh, <laughs> that we just mentioned from Texas Dirt season two, episode two. As soon as he shoots that pig, you get a pretty pretty upbeat, pretty exciting, you know, musical track that comes into the video after he shoots it. Again, my interpretation of the moment that he killed that pig. Go all the way back to 2018 and my Montana pronghorn hunt. Uh, in that video, which is season two or three, I think season three, chapter three of our Fall Obsessed Outdoors series. It's on our website mm-hmm. and YouTube if y'all want to go watch it. But when I finally kill my pronghorn in that video, again, same thing just occurred. Shot an animal, you know, just occurred. But what I had gone through the three days prior and the story that had been told so far in that video was a much was a whole lot of trial and error and heartburn and you know blood sweat and tears type deal so that music took a much more emotional approach that we used in that video just yeah. as as a comparison so you can you can use your music to reflect exactly what you're try, what you are trying to convey to the viewer as far as the the context for that moment so yeah and i think another a really important part of music is is timing yes, yes um because you know we all know how songs are you know they have a certain beat drop or uh, a certain part in the song that hits a little harder than than the rest of the song uh in a, a specific time that i think of is when uh we went down to uh the big lake bottom public land hunt a couple years ago and we i put that stock in on those pigs and shot one uh, and the, the song that I used on that one had a pretty cool intro and it had an awesome beat drop. 
and uh, right when I pulled the trigger on that pig, I hit that beat drop. And so the timing was perfect right when that arrow hit that pig. And so I think your timing, uh, along with setting the tone, is huge. And that's what that's like the name of the game for music and videos is you want those two things to be on point. Your moments like that, significant moments like the the actual impact of an arrow or a bullet on an animal for for us in the hunting world um using that as an example um switching from one clip to another or Mm -hmm. something significant happening in your b-roll those those are the three keys in my mind to timing those beat drops you yeah you need to time your beat drops and and Oftentimes what I will do too is if I, if I look at something, I'm like, all right, this, this music, this is what I'm going to use. This is, this is the best thing for, for this part of this story. I will put that music in there and make sure get my audio levels all right. So that the music's not too loud and it's not, you know, or, or it's, or it, it is, maybe it's meant to be loud. Maybe the only thing we want people to hear is the music and we don't want any of the other, you know, background noise. Either way, get all my audio levels right across all of my tracks, and then I will edit. I'll put all my B-roll clips in there and whatever else I'm using, but I will then adjust them, trim them down, widen them out, whatever I need to do to meet the timing of the song. So mm-hmm. I, the material's in there, but I fine-tune them to to match the song. If that makes right. sense, you're not trying to find a song that. Oh man, the the timing just doesn't seem. I can't get the timing right. Adjust your clips, and even if that means like like I've had it before, where it's like, man, I have these seven clips right here, just boom, 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 that go with these beats on this on this audio track. Two of them just aren't lining up, but those two that aren't lining up, man, I need every every millisecond of those two. Well, go to your other five and see where you can trim some fat and adjust and try to figure it out how you can move things around you know to be able to get the exact and specific timing yeah and and stuff. another thing that you can do is you can adjust your audio yeah your audio track uh i've had it before where um i really liked the beat of the song but it was just too high tempo and so all i did was i set the duration of that song to a little bit longer and it slowed the beat down, slowed the tempo down a little bit, but I really liked the uh, the, the audio track itself. And so uh, just slowing that beat down a little bit and stretching kind of, if you can imagine it, you know, you're holding a rubber band. And if you have that rubber band uh, not fully stretched to it, but just to where it's taut, and you can just stretch it just a little bit, uh, sometimes that'll slow the tempo down enough to where it'll help, yeah. you know, march it out a little bit better. Yeah. That that's that's excellent right there. A couple other things I wanted to mention, talking about these these specifics with your clips and everything, are are transitions. You know, going from one clip to another, because just like your just like everything we've been talking about, the music, the B roll, the the beat timing, all that kind of stuff. Just like that stuff has to all be in line and everything. You know, if you've done any level of video editing, you you should hopefully be familiar with the term transitions, which simply means like an effect that you can put in going from one clip to another. You know, it could be just it fades from one clip to another, or maybe there's you know you you know you see you know it it swipes over. You know, one clip like pushes the other one out of the way, or a circle comes out of the middle, or you know whatever. <laughs> um, it zooms into the other one those those transitions if you will there there's a time and a place that's appropriate for for all of them that's something that i had to learn because before it was like oh this is the transition i'm always going to use or i'm only going to use this transition in this video definitely definitely the wrong mentality because again depending on those other things b-roll beat timing music all that other stuff we've already talked about you might have something where there doesn't need to be a transition. It just needs to go straight from one clip to the next one. Or you might have one where, yeah, you absolutely have to have a transition right here. And what I have found, again, it does depend on all the variables we've discussed. Um, there's there's no black and white template for video editing. There's just flat out not. But right. um, one thing, and, and we do it a lot in our Texas Dirt series, is very fast 
transitions. And, and I typically use a, a, a I think it's called a cross zoom transition, which is basically where we're looking at one clip and it real fast will just zoom in to the other clip. Well, when I put that transition in my video, it is very slow. It's very drawn out. So it's a very, oh my gosh, I just hit my mic. We're talking about video production. <laughs> I'm over here hitting my microphone. Um, but it'll, it's a very slow zoom into the other one. And it's like, no, I, I, I want it fast. I want it to be like, boom, that. I want it to look cool. I want it to be like that. So there's a way you can go into that and you can edit it. You can shorten it. You can make it as long or as short, as fast or as slow as you want it, whatever the transition might be. So that zoom one, that's one of my favorites. I don't just use it in Texas Dirt. I use it in a lot of productions, but um, play around with them, see what you like. I, I personally, and one thing you don't see a lot in our productions is is the shape thing where there's like a diamond or a circle that comes from the middle and it opens yeah. up into the next clip and stuff. Man, nothing against the folks that use that, but it, it, it just doesn't fit our style. So it's old school. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but... <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but... Um, so transitions also, just, again, don't get dead set on one thing or another. Don't feel like you have to have a transition because depending on the story you're trying to tell and how you're trying to tell it, you might not need one. So um, keep that in mind. The other thing I wanted to talk about briefly was just text in videos and on screens. I try to avoid using text as much as possible. Now, if there's a vital part of a story that, that needs to be told that can't be told based on the content I have to work with, then at, at a minimal level as much as possible, you can try to supplement that with text and, and work an appropriate way to do that. But the last thing that I want is just an, an overload of text. I don't want to see something come across the screen that says, um, you know, day two in indiana or whatever just not picking on my indiana folk this is the first state that came to mind <laughs> I, I i don't think this of y'all please please yes. don't take this that way but um you know day two indiana coming into the the screen and then the first thing you got is a guy whispering into his mic it's day two in indiana it's like <laughs> why yeah <laughs> you know for sure yeah so, it, comes, it becomes redundant you know at that point um, I've, I've had it before to where you have a guy who's, uh, a guy or girl in a, in a deer stand who are in a tree and he has to whisper because he's actively hunting and you might not be able to hear him very clearly. And so just putting those, uh, simple subtitles at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had to do that before, but like if it becomes redundant and it, and it's not necessary, yeah, keep it out of there because that's one more thing that's just going to lose viewer attention. Yeah. And, and it just, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. So, and, and on that note sidebar, um, especially if you're doing like self filming on your cell phone or something, or at least the angle, like what some guys do is they'll have a video camera mounted to film the game out in front of them and then they'll put their cell phone on a mount real close to them to film themselves in the tree you know I, i've done that i do that quite a lot actually mm -hmm. um and sidebar is that in 118 podcast 118 drew um gives us an example of a microphone that you can buy on amazon a wireless bluetooth microphone uh for like 25 30 bucks it's a set of two mics actually with a receiver that plugs into your smartphone and i went and bought one after i listened to 118 because i didn't even have i had mics but i didn't have that one and they were talking about it and i googled it and looked at it and i was like i'm gonna buy that and i, and I did and it's a really good microphone so good good resource back there in 118 if you're looking for a mic so that we don't have to put subtitles in the video so Heck yeah hot tip <laughs> yeah and it works very well man we have covered a lot of ground the video editing i know we could probably continue to talk about this stuff for uh for a while but are there any any major points that are uh just comments that you have in in regards to this before we start to wrap it up uh not really um i think we hit everything that we needed to but it's a lot of fun if you want to get into it get into it don't don't it because it, it is intimidating at first but it's, it's a lot of fun once you get it figured out and you figure your style out yeah 
it's intimidating. It is time consuming, no matter how good you time are. Time consuming it's, for sure. It's time consuming because, like you mentioned earlier, you can have gigabytes of footage, hours of footage, and the end result is a three, four minute video. And that's the, that's the game we play, man. And you know that that is a lot of work, and it takes dedication and patience to be able to go to go through that. And so you know, on on that note, be prepared. You know, if if you are a novice and you're wanting to get into this, the editing side of everything more, be prepared. You know, it it, it takes some time. And tell tell your wife, hey, this is <laughs> gonna take some time because I know Nick and I probably both have gotten in trouble before for spending too much time in the editing room. So <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, it happens. Yeah, it does. But I will say that because um, I know a lot of what we do is receiving footage from other people and editing it. So I will say if you're editing your own footage, it is much easier yes. because like Sam said earlier, you have, you already have this vision in your mind of what you want to capture and how it's going to flow and everything like that. But yeah. having, having a good producer in the field and having somebody, and if somebody already who you're getting footage from already has an idea, then Hey, get those, get those ideas and, and let them, let them share those with you. Cause ultimately it's their hunt you know also yeah it, so you want to make that as good as you can for them if you are editing somebody else's footage that you had no part in the filming of i 100 percent recommending if you can either getting getting on the phone with the hunter or the cameraman you know or both and getting just some more detailed context into the just the story and the emotions behind that hunt because it, it does influence the editing room a lot. It really does. So Yeah. Well, if you're a listener, I really hope that you guys got something out of this. Like I said at the beginning, it's it can be hard to do a podcast over video editing. I think we did a pretty good job. You know, I think so. So um, I, I know we biased, but... a little biased. Yeah, we we've skirted <laughs> around this topic for a hundred and twenty some odd episodes of this podcast now, and we've always like dipped our toe into it and been like, ah, it's hard to do a podcast on editing. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. we finally bit the bullet and did it. I think it turned out pretty good. And again, I hope that our listeners actually uh, actually get some out of it. And and again, if you guys like. We're not trying to hide secrets on how we edit our stuff over here or anything. We're self-taught. We've come up ourselves, like like I mentioned earlier. Um, so if you guys have questions or you want to know what Nick and I think of something or what we how we do something, man, feel free to reach out to Fall Obsession and and our guys will put you in touch with us and we'll be able to to answer your questions. So on For that sure. on that note, um, we'll take it to closing. Um, and, and, well, before we take it to closing, I've been thinking about this the whole time when I mentioned on the podcast. My Spy Point app has been going freaking crazy, man. Nick and I, I this is n- not related at all. I just felt like I had to mention it. <laughs> Nick and I went out to the Texas Dirt property a few days ago and got, got everything back up and run and, and squared away for deer season. And, dude, my freaking app is just full of freaking pictures of all of our Sweet. stands. If you're watching the podcast feed, you can see me scrolling. So, I don't know. I just had to are mention the, that. Are the, uh, are the fences holding up then? The fences are holding up. Nothing has tore through the fences. So, Nick, awesome. and, Nick and I had to put up a bunch of fences when we went out there. So, it wasn't fun. But I'm not. we're not here to talk about that. We're going to wrap it up. Right. We'll, we'll podcast about that another day. Um, You'll see it. You'll see it in Texas Dirt. Episode 4 of Season 2. When it comes out, check it out. You'll you'll see what we were dealing with. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, Fall Obsession is on all major social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go subscribe to our YouTube. Go check out our video series. Again, we mentioned specifically our Texas Dirt My Obsession off-season series in this podcast. Go check those out. Go dive back into some of our old series like the Fall Obsessed Outdoor stuff. Um, we post multiple different videos a week on, on our YouTube channel. So please go explore over there. And we're trying to get even some more, some more stuff coming in, like an educational content wise and that kind of stuff. So really excited on, on the growth that we're seeing on the YouTube. We are also on carbon TV now with our podcast, our Texas dirt series and our new staff inspired series called couch chats, um, which is kind of a, a different 
type of video podcast type thing, if you will. Just just go check it out. That's that's the best thing I can tell you. It, it, it's awesome stuff. Um, but so we are on Carbon TV now. So go check us out on on there as well. Um, whatever podcast platform you're listening on today, please subscribe. We would love for you guys to get notifications weekly whenever we post a new podcast episode every single Monday morning. Um, fallobsession.com is our website. You guys can go there to find all of our content, whether it's our media series, our educational content, videos, articles, our gear reviews, or wild game recipes. Go check out our apparel. Um, pick you up some Fall Obsession swag. And if you know a Fall Obsession staffer, they can give you a discount code to knock a few dollars off of your purchase at fallobsession.com. Um, what else? Ridge Rock Hunt Company. They are our podcast uh partner Derek and Lacey over there in Mississippi very good friends of ours I'm actually talking to Derek right now trying to get him back on the podcast before deer season's ramped up so he should be back on here in the next couple weeks um, but they book hunts at Ridge Rock Hunt Company they are a booking agency for outfitters across the United or North America not just the United States they're outside the United States too but if you are looking for your next dream hunt your bucket list hunt you want to check something off you want to do what you have what you've been saving up to do what you haven't been able to do yet give Derek a call he will find something that works for you with a vetted outfitter in your budget and help you put together a plan whether it's this season or a future season to make your dream come true so Go check out Ridge Rock Hunt Company on their website and social media. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. It's a good time. Yeah. It all it's always it always is. Always is. Never gets old, that's for sure. That's right. Alright guys. Thank you all for listening. Next week might be me, might be Drew. You'll have to wait and see, but we'll be back either way with another fall obsession podcast episode. We'll catch you then. See you later.